Hey, Sox fans, it's Mailbag Wednesday. Questions and comments about Pedro Graffol's first big league camp, as well as what will the White Sox do with the roster when it comes to utility guys? Some very tough decisions there. And after a day off, the Sox got back to their winning ways, beating the Milwaukee Brewers. If Tuesday was any indication of how Lance Lynn is feeling, White Sox fans should be very excited. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. Uh, We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Sox. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, Just search Locked On White Sox. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Uh, Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, uh, your team every day. Hey, welcome back to Lockdown White Sox, just about three weeks away until opening day, March 30th, as our White Sox will be in Houston. Uh, Appreciate you continuing to pass this podcast along to other Sox fans in your life. And thank you so much for all the questions and comments uh, for our mailbag episode. You can always do that at LockedOnSocks at uh, gmail.com. Spring training record so far, Sox are 6-4. and Uh, They beat the Milwaukee Brewers on Tuesday afternoon by a score of 5-2. to Going to get to all that later in this episode. Uh, It is Mailbag Wednesday. We got some questions and comments. Uh, Thank you for those. Uh, Jim, appreciate uh, your email. And uh, just going to get to it right here. Some really great stuff. uh, Some uh, insightful things. And uh, love the comments, especially about Pedro Graffol. Jim said, it looks like a concerted effort to stack the clubhouse with energy and culture with known quantities. Uh, great that they are being intentional about something that, in my opinion, was sorely missing last year and can be a huge positive factor if done right. Uh, as a fan, I can put up with so much more if I know the team seems to care and plays hard uh, when they don't care. Why should we? Uh, super excited for the new era of Pedro Grafol. Uh, appreciate that, Jim. Couldn't agree with you uh, anymore. Definitely felt like that in 2022. Just kind of mailed it in, slept walk through. I uh, felt like most of the first uh, few months of the season and then was trying to pay, play catch up. Uh, caught fire a little bit with Miguel Cairo, but too little, too late. Uh, and uh, Tim Anderson weighed into it and a recent Sun-Times article that we'll get to uh, later on in this episode, just about culture, about chemistry, about togetherness. Uh, and it sure seems like Pedro Grafol uh, is doing all the right things, uh, somehow motivating this group. They've got the talent. We know that. 
Uh, but how does he get these guys to buy into what he is selling? It seems to be working uh, so far. This was from uh, James Fegan's recent article uh, in The Athletic on Grafol's first spring training as a big league manager. Uh, Fegan wrote, uh, taking a spring to gain a feel for how a veteran group wants to respond to a disappointing season is something Grafol's past decade in the dugout has given him more appreciation for compared to how he might have approached culture building right out of his time in player development. This position I wasn't prepared to do uh, 10 years ago, even though I wanted to, Grafol said. I needed to deal with older players. I needed to experience some of the things that I've experienced in the last 10 years. Uh, this is a position that, yeah, it's a leadership position, but it's also a serving leadership position. You're serving people. And I don't think I was prepared to do that 10 years ago. That's a big part of this job, serving people. That wasn't at the top of my list 10 years ago, and it is at the top of my list now. I've never gone through a season in Chicago, but I'm willing to bet that the fans want to see a team that plays hard, Grafol said. I really do believe that you've got to do uh, all you've got to do is work hard, prepare, and if you've got talent, good things will happen. I, I love this article. Uh, it was from, I believe, last week. Uh, so many good things in it. You know, just getting tapping into where Grafol's at mentally. And I think essentially he's talking about, you know, players, you know, I'm hopeful are setting themselves up for success, buying into what is being made available. Uh, and it sure seems like Grafol has set himself up uh, for success with the coaching staff, the people around him. Uh, and it sounds like, and it feels like uh, the players are buying in. We're going to get uh, more on that uh, later in this episode. Uh, this is from Jay Miller. I'm assuming this is Jordan Miller. Uh, I, I don't want to assume, but I will. Apologies if it's not. Uh, if it is Jordan Miller, good seeing you at Camelback Ranch out in Arizona last week. Uh, this is from Jay Miller. What would uh, your four-position uh, player bench on the Sox opening day roster look like? Uh, mine would be Sheets, Hamilton, Sebi, and Romy. I think it's realistic. Lurie Garcia doesn't make the team out of camp. Uh, thank you. Uh, again, we'll assume it's Jordan. Appreciate it. Uh, this is a really difficult uh, question right now. Um, you know, it, it's it's early, but it's not really that early with almost three weeks left uh, until opening day. Some some decisions are going to have to be made, and they're going to have to be made soon. Uh, Sebi Zavala should be a lock. Uh, you know, he's going to be your second catcher. So then there are three bench utility guys, assuming the Sox carry uh, 13 pitchers, five starters, eight bullpens. So Scott Merkin, in a recent article, uh, picked Lurie Garcia, Gavin Sheets, and Hanser Alberto uh, as your three bench utility guys. So if Romy Gonzalez truly can play in the outfield, as we were told he, he can, he's been working on that, uh, he's got the versatility, uh, and he starts hitting. He's hitting uh, 067 right now in spring training. Uh, and we want to see the power. That was another thing that we heard about. Uh, his offseason, boy, uh, he's ready to mash. Uh, you know, if he can do those things and he can come around, he's got to come around soon. I like Romy Gonzalez, Hanser Alberto, 
uh, and Gavin Sheets as my three guys. Now, Billy Hamilton, fan favorite. I think he would be good, you know, for the culture, for the dugout. It's tough to leave him off because we want the speed, of course, uh, and he can play defense. Uh, but I think the Sacks will want the power lefty bat with Sheets, and Sheets can play first as well as right field. Uh, Lurie Garcia offers a lot of versatility. He's been around forever, longest tenured Chicago White Sox player. Uh, he's got the versatility with the glove. He's a switch hitter, being owed a lot of money. Uh, I haven't been impressed with Reyes or Mariznick. Uh, the more I read about you know Hanser Alberto, as I mentioned in the previous uh, lockdown episode, the more there is to like about this guy. Now, uh, there is a path uh, where Lurie Garcia uh, does not make the ball club. Um, again, tough to fathom with the amount of money, uh, you know, he's owed. Uh, but I think Romy Gonzalez, you know, I, it felt almost like he was a shoe-in uh, during the offseason. All of the articles and all of the work. He was in the hype videos that the White Sacks were pushing out. This was before Elvis Andrews, of course. But we haven't seen it from Romy Gonzalez at all. You know, he's played some defense, of course, and helped out when he can in spring training, but no offense. There, there's been nothing going on, uh, definitely no power. So he has got to step it up, and, uh, you know, time is uh, is limited. You know, with the World Baseball Classic starting here, uh, I'm wondering if some of these guys, you know, will get, you know, a closer look. But, again, uh, you know, there's a lot of baseball. There's only one more day off uh, that the Sox have. I believe it's uh, uh, this coming Monday. Uh, but guys like Romy Gonzalez, Marisnik, you know, Victor Reyes was another guy that uh, a lot of folks were high on is, is you know, maybe this guy can uh, can make the team as a bench utility guy. Th those guys have to step up right now. Uh, Lance Lynn didn't need much support, but he definitely got it as the White Sox took care of business against a very tough pitcher. Uh, more on that in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, uh, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Uh, that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Uh, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Uh, then you can bet on anything from the money line to point scores and threes drain. Uh, plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Uh, so don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Sox were in action on Tuesday. The game was on NBC Sports Chicago. Steve Stone, Jason Benetti had the call. Sox beat the Brewers 5-2. to two. Uh, Before the game, Chuck Garfine was there reporting, and he talked about Pedro Grafol and how he's been running uh, his first big league camp. Uh, a little bit before the game, got into some detail. Uh, Pedro Grafol is stressing the fundamentals uh, and will not be as lenient uh, when it comes to mental mistakes and lapses and focused, I assume, uh, moving forward. Uh, Grafol is breaking things up, according to Garfine, into seven to 10-day stretches 
and fundamentals is the key focus right now. Uh, during an in-game interview, Elvis Andrews uh, kind of referred to the stretch that they are going in right now during spring training as the dog days of spring training. Uh, Andrews called it the toughest week of spring training. Uh, he also said that Pedro Grafal has emphasized treating spring training like a laboratory, uh, wants players to be fearless and experiment. Uh, now is the time to be aggressive and make mistakes. Love it. Again, the more you hear about Pedro Grafal, uh, the more you seem to like. Again, uh, we're just not even at mid-March. We got a lot to go. But again, this is where you lay the foundation. Uh, and, and that was some great stuff from Elvis Andrews. He had a really nice, uh, actually, interview there with Chuck Garfine. He gave Garfine a lot of time and really went into depth on some stuff. So the World Baseball Classic is uh, starting, but Lance Lynn uh, got one more start at Camelback Ranch. He was against Corbin Burns of Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, Burns, a tough pitcher, won the Cy Young in 2021, uh, made it to the All-Star Game the last two seasons, and the Sox were pretty impressive against Burns. At bottom of the first, uh, two-strike single up the middle uh, from Elvis Andrews off Burns, and then we had a situational hitting moment for Oscar Colas, who was hitting in the two spot. Uh, Colas seeing one of the best in, in Corbin Burns, which has got to be helpful for Oscar Colas moving forward. Uh, a good patient at bat. Colas drew a walk, so you got two on, nobody out for Andrew Vaughn. Uh, Vaughn with an RBI single to left field, making it first and third. Nobody out for Yasmani Grandal. He hit a weak ground ball to shortstop. There was a play at first, but the Sox scored a run, making it 2 nothing. A runner on second, one out for Sheets. Sack fly to right field, productive out for Gavin Sheets. Sox brought six to the plate against Corbin Burns and scored twice in the first inning. Uh, let's go to the second. Sox back at it, stealing bases again in the spring, being aggressive. Uh, Eric Gonzalez takes off with two outs. Sox had two stolen bases on the day. Marisnik was caught stealing uh, in the game. Uh, third inning, it was the second time seeing Burns and Oscar Colas gets a base hit to right field. Uh, it's got to be a major confidence boost for Colas, something to add to his already impressive spring training. Uh, Andrew Vaughn had an excuse me hit. It forced Corbin Burns off the mound, and he made a wild throw to first ball, sailed wide uh, of the bag. Vaughn was at second, Colas to third with nobody out. Again, situational hitting, uh, this time an opportunity for Yasmani Grandal, and he had a very deep fly ball uh, all the way to the furthest part of center field. The sack fly scored Colas, and Andrew Vaughn made it to third. A very productive out once again for the White Sox. It was 3-0. Corbin Burns uh, went uh, three full innings. Sox had six hits, scored three runs, uh, managed one walk, and did not strike out against Burns. Uh, that'll do just fine. Uh, fourth inning, Elvis Andrews with a two-out RBI double uh, down the third baseline, making it 4 nothing. Sox. Uh, Colas with a tapper to the pitcher. Milwaukee pitchers having all kinds of problems fielding the ball on Tuesday. That throw uh, to first sailed away, and Andrews scored, making it 5 nothing. good guys. Uh, Sox were opportunistic uh, throughout the day, taking advantage of Milwaukee's uh, two errors. 
on the day. White Sox had five runs, 12 hits, two extra base hits, two walks compared to seven strikeouts. And the Sox were three for 12 uh, with runners in scoring position. Uh, Andrews, Colas, Vaughn, Marisnik all had two hits apiece. And Grandal had two RBIs. Uh, this was Lance Lynn's uh, third outing uh, of spring training. Again, he started things, and this might be it might have been his last outing as he's headed to the World Baseball Classic. And his outing went about as well as he could have hoped for. Uh, first inning, he did issue a, a leadoff walk, but a great double play turned by Eric Gonzalez and Elvis Andrews uh, with a stretching Gavin Sheets at first. Uh, Lynn had a strikeout to end the inning, which was a theme uh, of his Tuesday outing. Uh, second inning, Lynn was going he was going after, after hitters in the second, not missing by much, kind of nipping on the corner with some of his secondary stuff. It seemed like that's what he was working on on Tuesday was off speed. Uh, I thought he mixed up uh, things nicely. I thought his off-speed stuff was working well, keeping hitters off balance, which is what, of course, you want. Uh, two flyouts for the first two outs, uh, and then another strikeout to end the second inning. Uh, in the third, Brewers got to Lance Lynn uh, by putting two guys on with only one out. Uh, Lynn got his third strikeout with some nasty breaking stuff to Christian Yelich. Uh, Lynn left the Milwaukee runner stranded, getting a ground out uh, to Elvis Andrews. It was a clean three innings for Lynn. And he came right back in the fourth inning, uh, still in the game, got two quick outs, a strikeout, and a lazy fly ball uh, to Gonzalez at short. Uh, Lynn with his fifth strikeout to end the inning. So Lynn's final line, four innings, two hits, zero runs, uh, only one walk and five strikeouts. Really nice outing for Lance Lynn. He looked comfortable, had to be happy with that. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez had the fifth, gave up a solo home run, but also had two strikeouts. And then it was Davis Martin's opportunity. Davis Martin went two and two thirds uh, innings. Martin had a, a variation of a 12 to six breaking ball that was working well. Uh, it looked like he was also focusing on some off speed stuff. Uh, had a, got a little shaky in the in his in his third inning of work, which was the eighth. Uh, Griffol took him out after his second walk of the inning. Uh, Martin did not give up a hit. Uh, had three walks and two strikeouts. Got some help from his defense as the Sox turned their second double play of the game uh, while Martin was on the mound. Uh, White Sox used four pitchers. They gave up six hits in total, uh, two runs, four walks, and ten strikeouts. Uh, the two runs for the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, they were both on solo home runs. Really nice game for the Chicago White Sox as they improved to 6-4 and four in Cactus League play. Uh, chemistry, culture, and now togetherness. Uh, we hear more about the White Sox and what they're working on to make sure 2022 does not happen again. Uh, more on that in a moment. So working on togetherness, that thing you just almost simply can't define. There was a, a Sun-Times article by Daryl Van Scoven uh, recently, and Tim Anderson kind of weighed in on what this is all about. Uh, Anderson agrees with what Jose Abreu said recently uh, when, when Abreu talked about how the White Sox were not a family in 2022. Uh, I, that's true, Tim Anderson said uh, recently. That's why we're building 
togetherness, trying to build togetherness here. Uh, for sure, we have to find that togetherness. And this spring has been good, Anderson said, uh, being as one. We weren't as one last year, and it showed in the way we played. Uh, we look good on paper, uh, but didn't look good on the field. You're spending time with guys that come from all over the world, from different backgrounds, uh, who are with each other all year. It's only right to make it family because you're spending more time with these guys. It's only right to keep that connection and make that bond stronger. It makes everybody better and comfortable. Uh, a really good article by uh, Daryl Van Scoven in the Chicago Sun-Times. Uh, again, you, you hear it from Elvis Andrews, you know, Tim Anderson, you know, uh, Grafol's been preaching this, this, this culture, this, this change, the way we're doing things is going to be different. Now, will pl players buy in? That was the big question in the offseason, and it sure feels like players are buying into this new way of doing things uh, and how, you know, Pedro Grafol wants to run it. Now, again, Grafol's running camp in a you know, player-directed, manager-facilitated type of environment. Grafol is asking players, hey, how do you want things to go? You know, what was what was wrong last year? What do you want to see different about not only off-season, but how spring training has run? You want it a little quicker? You want a faster pace? Great. You know, player-directed, I will facilitate it with my coaching staff. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to set you up for success. Trust me, is what he's saying to the players. And I think Tim Anderson you know, is talking about the stuff uh, that simply can't be quantified. You know, you're not going to find it in a box score. You know, it, it's not a saber metric. It, it, it's not on fan graphs. The things that, uh, that take a bunch of individual players and turn them into a team. You know, Hawk Harrelson, uh, tongue-in-cheek, you know, used to say, TWTW, the will to win. And there's more that goes into it. Uh, and, and hearing more and more about chemistry and how important that actually is. You, you got to like who you're with. You know, you got to be pulling in, in the same direction. Uh, and, and that's where uh, Anderson is coming from. Uh, from another Sun-Times article uh, just a day or two ago uh, by Van Scoven, uh, this now uh, from Grafol's perspective, again, you know, echoing some of the things that, that Jim had uh, commented on from our mailbag portion. Uh, this was Grafol saying, Hey, you can't win the World Series in spring training, but you can lose it. Uh, Grafol spoke to the team Tuesday about little things, fundamentals, opportunistic base running, which we have seen a bunch so far in the early spring, hitters knowing situations and their roles. I love that. Situational hitting. What are you needing to do right now to set this team up for success? Not about you as an individual hitter, but how can you help this team? with this at bat, in this inning, uh, th that will help us in this game. Uh, Grafol said, I know it's March 7th, uh, but I'll stress this again. To address these things on March 25th is too late. Uh, being proactive, not reactive. Uh, things uh, going well right now for the Chicago White Sox, and I think we have to thank Pedro Grafol for that. I really appreciate uh, you know the mailbag questions and comments. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can always get those at LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Uh, but it sure seems like you are seeing the things that I am seeing. And I think we'll have to wait till Sunday, I believe, March 12th for our next televised spring training game. 
Folks, thank you so very much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere. You find your podcast. We're on Twitter at Lockdown Sox. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore uh, GGTB. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel as we inch closer to opening day. Uh, thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen. Now, for your second listen, check out the Lockdown Fantasy Baseball. Uh, win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Uh, find Lockdown Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. On the next episode, I'll recap Wednesday afternoon's White Sox-Royals game as Pedro Grafal faces his old team. Really appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Murawski. Until next time, go Sox!